0: Good yeah, G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Leck Dog. It is round 20 and I am joined by Demo, how are you, Demo?
1: I'm good, Lek. I'm good. How have you been over there in lockdown?
0: Oh, you know, everyone's in lockdown these days. It's just a way of being. In fact, it, it honestly makes almost no difference to my life, except I can't play board games with people or go and play disc golf. So other than that, life's good, Demo. How about you?
1: Yeah, life's good here. I mean, we were in lockdown just a little over a month ago now, so we had our turn and then it was yours because of the same reason, really.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it sucks, but hopefully people out there are enjoying the podcast as the Supercoach season starts to ramp down. Uh, it's an inter- interesting demo. We're talking about it before the pod. It's for people playing for rank, they're probably too good to be listening to the podcast. And for people playing for leagues, uh, they've probably already burnt all their trades. So this podcast is just kind of, we're going to talk about some stuff. We're gonna talk about some stuff, Demo.
1: Just some stuff,
0: you know. Demo, you suggested maybe we do a uh, which footy players are which Star Wars characters episode, but I think that needs way more research than what we've put in for this week. So we'll shelve that. If you've got suggestions, let us know. We'd love some comparisons because that is prime time content, Demo.
1: Uh, it just came to me naturally. No, not really. We were talking about Star Wars before this, before we started recording and uh, just fell into the mind, really.
0: I can't wait to compare Daniel Rich to Han Solo, but that's not what we're doing this week, Domo. We're going to start off with the big news of the round, heading into round 20, and that's that we've got a fixture touch wood, touch all of the wood, and as a complete meme to everyone in the AFL world, the AFL have put St. Kilda v. Carlton on Friday night, which is hilarious. And that's going to be a very funny game. Jack Steele and Sam Walsh, though. So there is a couple of players to keep an eye on. Bulldogs v. Adelaide on Saturday in the early game. North v. Geelong after that. Gold Coast v. Melbourne on Saturday, Arvo. Collingwood v West Coast at four fifteen on Saturday. It's gonna be a bloody footy frenzy on Saturday. Essendon v Sydney at the Gabba on Saturday night, which is a really good home venue for Essendon, and I find demo.
1: Yeah, I actually I think Essendon have actually a good record at the Gabba, regardless I think I know you're trying to joke around, but I actually think they've got a good record at the Gabba if I remember correctly. Um You'd assume the Gold Coast Melbourne game is at Metricon Stadium, even though it's to be confirmed. And you probably wouldn't rule out the Giants' power game being in Canberra.
0: Well, yeah, there's Hawthorne v. Brisbane on Sunday at Launceston and then GWS v. Port Adelaide, as you said, yet to be confirmed. But I like you. I like your thinking. Then the final game on Friday night will be Fremantle v. Richmond at 510 AEST or A. I think it's. Or is it Daylight Savings? Who knows? Who cares? Damo, I love these staggered games. <laughs> it makes footy way more enjoyable when the overlap is minimal.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I think there's only two games that completely overlap with each with each other pretty much in- entirely.
0: That's how footy should be played. Let's talk Supercoach before we get into the main topic. Shout out to Telebeats for the intro music. Shout out to everyone on the website. Putting up the content, the panic room was brilliant. Dill covered for Foz this week. We've got Around the Grounds with Baron Von Crow. We've got the cheat sheet with Staddy Manning. Life's good, content's rolling. We're approaching the end of the season. So we're going to talk about this week's trades and then we're going to go into Surprise Packets of the Year demo. All right. The first thing we need to address is who play players, if you've got trades, Need to trade out. And Damo, Dustin Martin, still owned by 34% of the team. He's out for the season. Tom Heinemore has a broken hand. He's still owned by 30%. Scotty Pendlebury, if some people jumped on him as a cheapie option in the midfield, he broke his leg, which I think the last time he had an injury this series was literally a decade ago.
1: Yeah, I think he... And it was a broken leg again.
0: Yeah, the same. the same... I don't know if it was the same leg, but same break. So... He's out for the year, and then your man is out for the year as well, Damo.
1: Yeah, now five had surgery in Melbourne today, out for the season.
0: Michael Walters also may be out for the season. Uh, We've got injuries galore. I know Zach Williams, 5% of coaches own him. He's probably out for the season. Matt Flynn is done. Everybody's falling down, Damo, but let's not despair. There are some players we can look at bringing in. We'll start off. With the players on the bubble, and then we'll look at some some primo options. Sam Durham, he's probably the pick on everyone's lips. Seventy three on the weekend, one hundred two thousand four hundred dollars defensive mid swing. I've bought him into my team. He's got a break even of negative sixty one demo. Do you like this kid?
1: He looks very very good. Uh, the only thing that I would that would stop me from picking him is that most people's defences and midfields are mostly completed. So unless you need a warm body on your field in those positions, he's probably not someone that you would go for. Uh, Matthew Parker is on the bubble at 141 K. He scored 81 against Geelong on the weekend. And he seems to be playing that, that Dustin Martin role in, in sort of tag team with, Shy Bolton with Shay Bolton so he's also another good option and he's in his uh he's in his home state this weekend and could turn on a show for his family
0: yeah so he scored 81 on the week and his break even is negative 4,400 or 41,000 mid forward swing I think forward line is probably where people need the most depth although in my case I did a lot of swing sets on the weekend with my final trade and now I have no one playing on the bench in defense so Touch wood, everything is fine. Other players to look at, Connor West. He had his second game, scored a $5,500 and $2,000 mid. Breakeven is negative 65. He's a West Coast player. Are we interested in him at all?
1: I don't know about his job security. Adam Simpson will back in the kids until they have a bad loss and then will revert back to the players he knows well. You know the Shueys, the Hutchings. Although, in fairness, Hutchings played his first game in what two years on the weekend. So,
0: first game of AFL for sure. I think at one hundred and fifty seven thousand, he's a bit too expensive mid forward. He only scored thirty six on the weekend. But if you wanted a job security guy, I feel like he's probably going to stick around in that team.
1: Yeah, there's a good chance. And um, they, without him, they have let midfielders off the off the leash a bit. So. He's, he really lets them – he he really gets them uh, – he, he he keeps their midfield ac- accountable, really, the opposition midfield ac- ac- accountable.
0: Yeah, and they've been uh, – I mean, I feel like I haven't done any analysis into, analysis into this because why start now? But I feel like they've been giving up points in the midfield this year. It'll be interesting to see if Hutchings in that side makes makes a difference and you've got to think about your captaincy selections a little bit more.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, everyone sort of considered Jack Steele as a really, really good captain's option on the weekend, but then when Hutchings was named, there were lots of people that changed their mind, and uh, he only just scraped into 109, so.
0: A couple of other rookies just noting. Anton Tohill debuted for Collingwood, $123,900, scored 39. Jack Ginevan played his first game forward mid-102,000 dollar rookie 34 points a couple options there but the really interesting one for me demo josh shackey two hundred fourteen thousand dollars. i know this is this is may come across as crazy he scored 91 points he's 200 let let's say he had no cash and you know you're scraping you need an f7 maybe an f6 he was like a, a number two pick once upon a time is he someone that we can consider
1: You'd consider him for maybe three seconds, and then you'd stop.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you might be right. Maybe worth grabbing on a, uh, on a draft waiver wire, but certainly not for classic. Let's look at some. I'm going to say primos in inverted commas, demo. But let's try and find some players that people can trade in.
1: Well. Fife's around four hundred and fifty-five k, and Pendlebury's pretty much the same price. Um, if you've not got a lot of cash in the bank, you could look at a, maybe a humor cluckage. At, he's just he's averaging just under one hundred and two for the season. Um, he's had some lean patches, but he's probably one of the best delivery delivery people to the, in the forward fifty. And with Hipwood out, they've been using him a lot more across that half-forward line to bring the ball in for scoring opportunities. So that's so 121 and 108 the last two weeks, and then a 91 versus St. Kilda in the week before those two. So he's having a good, uh, he's returning to form because he did have a little while there where his role was a little bit uncertain.
0: Yeah, I think he's a really good option. He's we'll talk about him a little bit later, I imagine. He's the 27th ranked super coach player this year. So, he's a good option. I think if you've got a little bit more cash, another I think you need about 17k, you can jump up to Cam Guthrie, who's got 120 on the weekend. He's averaging 111 for the year and He's the 32nd overall ranked player this year and he did miss a few games and then had a really poor 40 a few weeks ago. But uh, like the fact that this guy's barely over 500K and averaging 110 is really, really impressive.
1: And then you've got the likes of your Travis Bokes and your Josh Kellys who are not too far into the 500Ks there. And then you've got um, Andy Brayshaw who's going to, have a lot more. I uh, have a lot more responsibility now that Nat Fife's not in that team. Uh, then you have got Tom Liberatore. Can I? Can I throw another player at you? Just hit me. Now he's not going to score, yeah, one hundred and five, one hundred and ten every single week, but he's going to have games where he goes massive. Ben Keys.
0: Benny Keys. Uh, tell me about him. What's his price? What are we looking at?
1: So he's 506K on the dot, averaging just under 101 for the season. He's only scored, what's that, 18 points less than humor luggage for the season so far.
0: He is a little and bit more expensive. That might be the only thing that turns people away.
1: He's... Only gone below 80 twice this season.
0: Oh, he's had a very, very impressive season. I don't mind him as a pod. I certainly don't mind him as a pod. I know uh, I know draft players out there who picked him up the start of the year are very, very happy with him. Hey, I just wanted to shout this out. Marcus Bontempelli, the second-ranked player, his price is only $609,000. He scored a uh, 136 on the weekend. He's got a five-round average of 116, but like he's pretty cheap. I know a lot of people have him. His break even is 132. He's actually mm, might get a little bit cheaper. Uh, comes up against your man Ben Keys this week, so mm, he's if you've got the money, he's certainly an option to consider.
1: And then you've got David Mundy at 450k there as well.
0: Yeah, his recent form worries me a little. But do we think Nat Fife out uh, helps him?
1: I don't think Nat Fife out hurts him. Whether it helps him though, I don't know.
0: Well, let's swing things back, Damo. We're just rushing through because I want to get to the meat of this podcast. Lockie Whitfield, if you don't have him, or if you did what I did and you traded him out a couple of weeks ago when he got that concussion, he's got 146 on the weekend. His prices has dropped to $477,600, averaging 95 on the year and He's got a decent little run home. Port Geelong, I don't think they're going to tag him or anything like that. Then Richmond and Carlton, and he should go big against those two sides to finish out the season. So I really like him as a defensive option. And I'll throw this one at you too, Damo. I'm just whisking through here. Is still side bottom a good selection? He's been bad most of the year, but he's sub 400,000 and he scored 109 on the weekend.
1: With Scott Pendlebury out, I don't mind it.
0: Is it just a fluke that Scott Pendlebury, you know, broke his leg early in that match, and then Sidebottom stepped up to score 109 from 26 disposals? Is it just oh a coincidence? no,
1: no? When's when Pendlebury went out, they needed someone with, you know, who could who was a good at football to play in the midfield, and still Sidebottom fit that bill.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind him.
1: Because the sub in that game was Mason Cox, and Mason Cox <laughs> wasn't, wasn't going to become a ruck rover, was he? He was, he was, he was either going to be a ruck or a forward, wasn't So, and, and they were already playing Darcy Cameron and Brady Grundy.
0: Yeah, I, I quite like him as, as a bit of a pod selection this week. I think, Demo, like everyone else, we're going to suggest they're out-and-out out guns. You know what you want. You know what you, you're going to get from them. Is there anyone jumping out at you that people might not have thought of?
1: Uh, Jai Simpkin.
0: I like that. I really like Jai Simpkin. I actually thought he was much older than he is. Talk to me about Jai Simpkin.
1: So it's 539k. So it's a bit expensive, if, especially if you're needing to go up from one of those $455,000 guys that got injured. But he's... Ever since Ben Cunnington has come back into the team, back into that midfield with... And playing full game time, he's only gone below ninety nine once. So since what's what's that? Since round eleven, round eleven, thereabouts, so only only gone below ninety nine once, and that was a seventy three.
0: Yeah, that's pretty damn impressive. Taryn Thomas also has it will miss this week. Uh, they announced that today, North Melbourne, that he's got a delayed concussion. So, even more room to run around in that midfield for Jai Simkin. I don't mind that shout, demo.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my pick of the bunch is probably Hugh McCluggage. That that, that was where my that's what I drew myself to draw Hugh McCluggage as soon as I opened the page. So, I think for me, he's the best option in my eyes. Who's the best option in your eyes?
0: Best option or option I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I just want to shout out that Josh P. Kennedy of the Sydney Swans turned the clock back on the weekend. I'm not saying pick him, $486,900, but he did score 154 points, backed it up from a 109 the week before. not saying pick him, just saying he did it. My best midfield replacement around that price. If I only had one trade, if I couldn't get to Cam Guthrie, because I do think it's Cam Guthrie. Oh, it's really tough, Damo. I think it'd be Hugh McCluggage. I think he's just been really consistent this year. And you did mention he's had a couple of lean patches, but overall as a whole, his year has been very, very good.
1: Yeah, I think he's someone that we could probably look at for next year as well. I think he's someone who might be on the periphery that we're not really thinking about right now. But if anything, this year's taught us that the names on the periphery are the ones that we should be thinking about more than the... Big names that we were so attached to at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, there's certainly like there's some exceptions to that. There's some out-and-out guns that were always going to probably be a success when you pick them: McRae, Oliver, etc. But you know, people who were obsessed, like myself, with Travis spoke all preseason because there was just no way he wasn't going to back up the season that he had last year. We didn't quite back it up. If I'd looked. More uh, less narrow-mindedly, maybe someone like Hugh McCluggage ends up in my team and I get the 27th overall score instead of the 31st. And it's not a huge jump between them in total points for the year, but it is a a difference. And it probably saved me a lot of cash at the start of the year too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, you already teased that we were going to talk about the surprises for this season. Should we just move into that now?
0: Yeah, I think we should. I think line by line. Where do you want to start?
1: Let's start with overall. Just overall. So every position stacked up against each other.
0: Oh boy, I need to sort my my filters. Okay, demo. Let's talk surprises of the season so far. Yes, there's still what four weeks to go, so these could change slightly. But let's let's talk surprises and. The first one for me is probably a negative surprise. I've mentioned him the last two weeks. It's Max Gorn, you know, averaging 120.5 for the year. Really, really good. But I'm surprised he's not the number one or two ranked player. He's fifth. He's fifth overall for total points. Is that a surprise to you?
1: I'm not surprised to see him in the top five. I'm probably more surprised to see where he is in the top five. Um, but he has the reliance on him has lessened with Luke Jackson coming up. So he's behind the four big mid- midfielders for the, for the year Um, in McRae, Bontempelli, Steele, and Oliver. Um, no surprise that he's in the top five, It's probably where he is in the top five.
0: Yeah. He is getting old as well. I think he's 30 now. So maybe that's got something to do with maybe the, fact that Melbourne are better has meant they haven't had to rely on as much. There's a, a lot of things, but in that top five, McRae, Bont, Steele, Oliver, go you I would not have been surprised if you told me that those five players were going to be in the top five at this point in the season. Jack Steele especially, I'm kicking myself. I didn't grab him before the bye. He actually scored too high that week and I couldn't afford him, so I'm still upset at you about that, Jack Steele, but that top five, we pretty, pretty much expected that, demo.
1: Yeah, that top five was pretty much what I expected. What I didn't expect was Rory Ladd and took Miller to be at ninth and tenth.
0: No, no, that I mean Rory Led had signs last year that he when they moved him to the midfield that he could be a, a, a beast supercoach score, he could become a, a super coach pig, but I kinda didn't believe that it'd keep happening. Like I thought he he'd come out on fire and then drop off because teams had work him out.
1: I picked him as a defender and that's where he's currently is in my team, but I have used him in, in my midfield this year and he hasn't looked out of place with the way he scores. Would you select Roy Led next year as a mid only, which is what he's likely to be?
0: I think we have to definitely consider him. I mean, it's all about that price. He's averaging 115.7 at the moment. So it would probably be about, about what he's priced now, 610 ish, 615 K. He's 624 at the moment, but, Look, he's going at 1.9 points per minute. He's almost going at two points per minute, which is crazy, yeah. demo.
1: And, I mean, he's, he's, he's not that glamorous, sexy pick that people or that people try and go for. But if he's going to get points on the board, he's, he might be someone that we have to seriously consider. Yeah, so,
0: look, we will, I'll certainly be considering him, demo he's, he's a little bit older, though, than some of the other midfielders I'll be looking at. I'll say that. Took Miller, you mentioned him. Surprising.
1: I wouldn't have picked him at the beginning of the year and I probably wouldn't have bought the hype if I had trades to bring him in earlier than I then uh, earlier in the season too. Like I've seen him have this run of form before, but for him to be able to keep it up this year has been unprecedented.
0: Oh, the super impressive thing about him in the top 20 demo, there's in fact, let's stretch that out in the top 25 super coach scorers. In fact, let's stretch that out in the top 28 super coach scorers. There's only four players who've played less than 18 games Dane Zorko, Brody Grundy, uh, Sean Darcy, your man, and then Took Miller. And he's 10th having played one game less than the nine guys above him. It's just super impressive, averaging 122 on the year. Certainly not someone that I would have expected. Obviously, those who listen know that if I just listened to my partner, Cass, I would have known that he was going to be a top 10 scorer and I would have picked him because that's what she did and that's what she said.
1: Well, you mentioned Sean Darcy, his 12th ranked Supercoach player and he's also played 17 games, so he's also missed a game. That's and, impressive. Well, he had three weeks in a row where he scored what 180 180 and then 150 or something so he's he's got the capacity to just go off
0: yeah well he's going to be expensive next year you think
1: he's 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 going to be about 650k to start next year
0: and that's assuming he doesn't go beast mode for these next four games and completely blow that average out of the water but it's going to be an interesting debate next year isn't it
1: oh yeah i'm it's gonna. I think I'm going to start him. I think that's my bias getting in the way though, because he's a Dockers player. But um, yeah, I think I'll ha- have a hard time deciding if it's Grundy Gorn or even someone else completely that I partner around, partner him up with. But at this stage, he's well and truly locked into my supercoach side for 2022.
0: Well, let's quickly just tick off this top ten current top ten. Sam Walsh. I'm not surprised by that. I had him pegged as a top ten finisher this year. Darcy Parrish, I did not have pegged as a top 10 finisher this year and still four weeks to go. But at this stage, he's a top 10 finisher.
1: I won't be starting him next year. I think this year's going to be a flash in the pan. Ooh, he, he, can't, patch. he can't handle a tag.
0: No, he's probably never had to before either. It's It'd be new territory to him and... Sam Walsh has been tagged a few times this year. He's still able to get those sort of 24, 25 touches. He's way less effective. Darcy Parish showed on the weekend that he really, really struggled just to find the ball, let alone uh, use it well. And then Jared Lyons at eight. I don't think that's surprising to anyone playing the game of super coach. Let's scroll down, is there Any names that uh, jump out to you, positions 11 through 20?
1: Not really. I mean, I wouldn't have said Jack Zebel at the beginning of the year, but I can't really fault his year so far, and we saw in his first three weeks we sort of knew what we were gonna get from him, so he's not all that surprising. Maybe Brody Grundy not being as high up in the top twenty has surprised me, but he hasn't been the same Brody Grundy that we've grown to love this year.
0: Worth noting, he's played two less games than everyone else in this top 20 as well. So 16 games, missed a couple with that neck injury. So that probably stings against him, but still averaging 120 on the year.
1: Still having a very good year.
0: You didn't You didn't mention my boy at 18. You didn't mention him.
1: But that's not a surprise.
0: No, it's not a surprise. The listeners of the Jock Reynolds podcast that Daniel Rich is the 18th ranked scorer this year. What a beast. He can kick long. That's a good thing in Supercoach for some reason. Right, right, let's go down. 21 through 30, Demo. Any major surprises here? We've touched on two already in Ben Keys and Hugh McCluggage. Do any of these other names surprise you?
1: Callum Mills, probably. I think his move to the midfield, no one really bought it at the beginning of the year until it happened.
0: I, I certainly didn't believe it was going to happen and that's not on him that's on horse longmire because he's a liar <laughs> is that slander? a little bit i didn't have david mundy in the top 30 demo i ain't going to lie and i don't think he's going to end up in the top 30 but i didn't have him there
1: no I'd... he's beating travis Burke at the moment though
0: yeah that's cr- by 5 points he's only he's averaging under under 100 and he's in the top 30. My brain can't actually comprehend how that works, but that's the maths, baby.
1: We've covered the top 30. Should we go by position?
0: All right, we'll start in defense, Demo. I can tell you one name in that top 10 that kind of surprises me. One of my favorite players in the NFL, but Jordan Dawson, $542,800, averaging 98 for the year, has over the last few weeks, has pushed, just continually pushed that rank up and 111 on the weekend. He's now seventh overall ahead of Jaden Short and Jordan Ridley.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he pushes himself into the top five before the end of the year, although he is a little bit bit behind. He might push his teammate Callum Mills down, but I think think he's a good chance to be one of the top-ranked defenders at the end of the season. We'll move on from him fairly quickly because the name that stood out to me as soon as I opened up this was... Your boy, Jacob Wiedering, at number 10.
0: Yeah, it's a, it, it's a very, very surprising one. So, obviously, Carlton fans, we you know we watch him play every week. We think he's an absolute jet, one of the best defenders in the league, and uh, he's not helped by the Carlton game plan, but he does heroics every week. But turning that into supercoach scoring, and it's a weird year for supercoach scoring, but to get to 10th with an average of 93.3, it's it's promising, but I don't think he's ever going to have that that pure freedom where you can just peel off and intercept constantly. So I'm not sure that this will happen again. But it is nice to see that it's happening at the moment.
1: And I would say Harris Andrews is surprising, but he's in the top twenty almost every year.
0: Yeah, he just finds a way, doesn't he?
1: He's 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 unassuming. Like you don't think he's going to score that well by the way that he plays, but then you'll look at the, you'll look at the table after after a game, and you'll be like, "Oh wow, I didn't actually think he intercepted that much, or had that many disposals, or marked the ball that many times." But he does all those three things, and also manages to mostly hold key forwards to goalless or next to no score impact at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, the similar vein. Jake Lever, he's fourteenth. He's averaged ninety-two for the year, one hundred and fourteen on the weekend. And another guy you could have got at four hundred K at the start of the year. It's just really they, these these taller defenders float around this t- you know ten to fifteen mark.
1: And if you move your eye down further, eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty-first, and twenty-second. Uh Brady Smith, Adam Sard, Stephen May, Will Powell, and Alia Alia.
0: They are certainly some names.
1: I wouldn't have thought those guys would have been anywhere near the top twenty.
0: Stephen May, I would have. Adam Sard, I, I kind of thought he was maybe average eighty five. What's he averaging? Eighty seven. There you go. Yeah, no, that they are surprising. Will Powell, very surprising, and. Some people might be surprised by this that Luke Ryan fell outside of that top twenty. He's twenty third.
1: Yeah, he's he's had. I think having two key defenders in the side this year. I remember last year it was basically him and Brendan Cox for the, for the for the whole year after Logue, Pierce, Hamling. You know, everyone dropped dead. So he's had. So he hasn't had that reliance on him that has been the case, has, that was the case last year, and even he had a different role under Ross Lyon in the year before that. So I think it's not a surprise to see him not in that top echelon of players, but he's still averaging 101.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty decent return. He missed a couple of games as well. Demo, let's, I reckon, swing it into the forward line because this is just a, a mess of names. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, we 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 going forever. It's number six, Nick Hind. Number, yeah, well, number eight, four. Aaron Hall.
0: Ba- number four, Bailey Dale.
1: <laughs> uh, number yeah. one,
0: Jack Zebel. <laughs> I wasn't expecting Jack Zebel to be number one scoring forward by a lot this year.
1: Number nine, Isaac Smith.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Isaac Smith. Old dude gets bought over from Hawthorne to Geelong. Everyone thinks he's gonna have like just, you know, been a 70 to 80 score, and he was for most of the year, found has found some form since about round eleven. Since then, he hasn't dropped below an eighty-eight and has had a few tons. Just kept on keep keeping on. And one of these guys that we love to talk about on the podcast that just played every game, scored enough to get into this top ten. And if you'd started him, you probably would have been pretty happy with the return.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to start him. I thought about it multiple times every time someone went down, but um, because there were people that were going down in the preseason, they were dropping like flies even before the season started, these forwards.
0: Well, this is his third highest averaging season since 2014 and 2015. Who, Who would have expected him to bounce back in Geelong's team of all teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still getting a bit of—he's um, still getting a bit of flak from going from the Hawks to the Cats, but he seems to be enjoying the footy there, and the Cats are the informed team at the moment too. So he might be able to add to his medal tally there.
0: Oh God, I, oh, I can't deal with that. Let's move down the list because there's a few names here. Jack Bailey, not surprising. Dustin Martin, probably surprising. He's that low steel side bum we talked about. Tarrant Thomas is surprising. He's now out for the year, so he'll fall out of this. Your boy at number 14. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, it sort of tells you how uh, challenging the forward line has been this year with Lincoln McCarthy at 14th overall, <laughs> averaging less than 80 points.
0: Ahead of... Uh, Taylor Walker, who averaged ninety for the year, but he missed a couple of games ahead of Joe Danner, ahead of Shea Bolton, Lincoln McCarthy is the fourteenth ranked forward in two thousand and twenty-one.
1: He he hasn't even got an average above eighty in his three to five round averages. He's he's someone that you would look at in the pre that. That you wouldn't even look at. You'd scroll right past him. You you would, you would you would search McCarthy to get to someone else, and he'd be like the top result, and you'd go for the second player.
0: Honestly, and it says a lot about the game that if you'd started him at what price was he three hundred and sixty thousand? If you started him at three sixty k in your forward line, you never would have needed to trade him. You never would have been happy. There's, he's scored above hundred, I think, three times but he still would have been better by the time the season's out than if you'd started Dustin Martin. I know people started Tom Atkins, people who started Joe Danaher, who was 100K cheaper. He's going to outscore. Like, I mean, let's be honest, and I know injury played a huge factor. He's going to outscore Josh Dunkley. (laughs) Like, just playing all the games makes such a difference, but we don't think about that in Supercoach terms because he doesn't present upside or value but if you'd picked him, you'd be better off.
1: Well, the other pl- well, there's another player further down that sort of presents the same sort of thing, and that is Dylan Moore at the Hawks. Who? Like 23rd.
0: Don't even know who that is, Damo.
1: Dylan Moore. Patch loves him. Ask, ask Patch about him. He'll talk your ear off. He's
0: got 115 in round 19. He's had three scores over a hundred. I couldn't tell you who he is or what he looked like, but he would have been a better starting selection than Toby Green or Isaac Heaney or Aaron Norton or Tom Phillips or Jordan Degoei. What is this?
1: Just shows you how difficult the forward line has been this year.
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting. Like if you'd had started Tim Membry, you'd be happy. Jack Darling is the top in the top twenty. Oh my goodness! And he's lost a hundred grand for the year. I guess that's the downside. But I guess the, the the point of all this, Demo, is that just having a player who plays the games is 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 valuable. I know we're aiming you're aiming to get a top eight guy, and that's hard to to nail, and it's hard to do when you're looking at the top eight with guys that we would have never even considered preseason. But like my team would have been better with Lincoln McCarthy.
1: I don't know how you sort of will work this out next year, but would it be worth maybe trying to select one of these guys to use as a stepping stone late in the year?
0: Yeah. Just like, a um, yeah, it's, we always talk ourselves out of it. Cause right. If a guy's 400 K, then we want him to have upside or we want someone who's been injured. Like as Jack Ebel at 200 K. Right. We n- or a full, fully fledged primo. Even though, if you started someone like uh, Dustin Martin, you've lost a hundred grand. If you started Jack Steele, you've lost two hundred. Uh, Steele side bottom, you've lost two hundred grand. If you started Hawkins, you've lost ninety grand. But but maybe, maybe just having a guy who's there to score, who will score more than a rookie, maybe that's something.
1: Yeah, it's it's something to think about, isn't it? Like, do you go for maybe a I don't know who who's a who's a player that will play every game that they're fit. Uh Do you go for a do you go for a Grind Myers? Do you go for a Luke Dalhouse?
0: God no, not Luke Dalhouse.
1: Do you go for a I don't know,
0: it's it's really really it's
1: basically. Do, do you like, go for a Charlie Spargo? I don't know. There you go. There's there's one.
0: These guys that I would look at on the waiver wire in my draft and go, yeah, I'll bring him in for a week because I know he's going to score eighty. But if I take that logic and apply it to classic Super Coach, I'd probably be in a better position. And it really upsets me and shakes me. Because <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's just it's it's really it's really tough. If I'd started Lincoln McCarthy instead of Dustin Martin. Currently I'd be fifty points at behind on the whole season from having Dustin Martin, but I wouldn't have had any games where Dustin Martin didn't play. So I would have had cover. So I would have had more points on field than if I had to cover Dustin Martin with a rookie. It's just mind boggling, Damo.
1: If you had started Jaden Stevenson Jaden Stevenson he would have been a better selection than Jarman Impy.
0: Oh, my goodness. Demo, don't do that to me. All right, let's 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 move out of the four line. It's causing me to have a conniption.
1: I'll look just at the ruck.
0: Quickly, we'll look at the rucks. Sean Darcy at number two overall for total points. I think we're a little bit surprised by that, and particularly in the way he's gone about it and the fact that he's over 700K. Nick Knapp, Brody Grundy, and Todd Goldstein ran out of the top five. I don't think that's a surprise. Riley O'Brien's probably the next in line. But then Tom Hickey.
1: Tom Tom Hickey. He, but people had Braden Pruce stuck at R2 for most of the preseason. And the next logical pick, or well not logical pick, but the next pick around that price was Tom Hickey. And no one wanted to touch him.
0: 260000 grand he was. And since then, he's averaged 103.4. He's posted 1,655 points. He did have the, the quickest comeback from a, I think it was a knee injury where they were like, he's out for six weeks. And then he played the next week of all time. But he's been really impressive. And if you'd started him, you'd be in a position where you could have been like, do I even need to upgrade him?
1: Because he was scoring really well at the beginning of the season as well.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's dropped off a little bit as this as the season's progressed, but uh, started the season 1-2-3, 79 112 87 110 102 118. Like he he just pumped out scores, Damo.
1: And Mark Pitney has only played 13 games for the season, but he's still ranked as the 13th highest as the 13th ruckman.
0: Yeah. Well, yes. Rohan Marshall's the 20th ranked ruckman, so <laughs> Right Riley Tulthorbe's the 22nd ranked ruckman. So the ruck is probably not somewhere I'm ever I'm ever gonna muck around in. I know a lot of people tried the three cheapies to start the year, but you know, Jared Witz is gonna play next year. If he's healthy in around one, he's gonna be very, very cheap. Uh I can't see anyone else who's going to be like sort of that sub two hundred k. Maybe Darcy Fort if he goes somewhere else, people look at him. Braden Peruse, he's going to be what like a hundred and fifty grand. Demo two hundred grand.
1: He's going to be two hundred and twelve k.
0: You've got a. You've probably got just got to start him, don't you?
1: Well, that's unless he breathes near anything.
0: Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, but the the Rux, I think. Going into next year, it's still gonna be one of these top six guys that everyone's or two of these top six guys that everyone's locking in. Tim English might be a forward ruck swing, and that'll be very, very interesting if that's the case.
1: If he's he's a good chance to be forward ruck swing, and um I'm hoping that he is because that's an easy decision for me.
0: Yeah, I think having some combination of him, Marshall, uh, Proust, there'll be there'll be some, some good value to be had in the ruck. Demo, we're running out of time, but let's scroll through the midfielders very, very quickly. We've touched on Parish, We've touched on Took Miller. Zach Merritt's 11th. Oli Wines at 12th overall is, is a bit of a surprise, and he's gotten better and better as each week's gone on.
1: There's not a lot of surprises in the midfield. We've already talked about Ben Keys, David Mundy. I suppose the next big surprise is Jacob Hopper. But even then, he's too far out of the top 20. He's not. He's he's still probably around where I would have expected him to be anyway because when I think about it, who's ahead of him and who's behind him, he's probably about right.
0: Yeah, 26 overall. Paul Seedsman I probably didn't have in the top 30. Joel Selwood I probably didn't have in the top 30 given the last couple of years he's had. I think Carl Amon is, is a very interesting one. He's 31st overall, and he has some games where it's he accumulates like 50 points in the first quarter and then 30 for the next three. So if he can add to that game, he'll be an interesting one moving and then, into the future.
1: And then his teammate Willem Drew at 36.
0: Who's been quietly just very good this year. 87 over 18 games. He's 36th overall in the midfield.
1: And I know Azza started him. Did he really? Uh, Yep.
0: How cheap was he? Like 300 grand?
1: Yep. Wow.
0: I'm a little surprised that, uh, and I know he's had that one injury, but Andrew Gaff is 40th overall, lost 140 grand for the year. I definitely would have had him pegged as high as higher. And I think I considered starting him as a pod. So I'm glad I didn't.
1: Well, and, and Lucky Hunter was, one of the top six midfielders to start the year as well, based on price. He hasn't come close to his 2020 season.
0: No. And it'll be interesting to see because he could be the Darcy. Pa- Darcy Parrish could be the lucky hunter, as you said earlier, of next year. We've just got to work out which one it's going to be because there's always someone that drops out.
1: Yeah. I stand by my Darcy Parish call.
0: I really hope it's not Sam Walsh. I really hope it's not Sam Walsh.
1: Depends who Carlton go for at the end of the year, I guess. They seem to have a shopping list.
0: Yeah, well, that's a different podcast. That's Tradio. We don't need to talk about that. I'll just get upset, Damo. I'll just get upset.
1: Yeah, I think you've talked about the Dockers as well in that space as well. I'll get upset just the same.
0: Well, let's not get upset, Damo. Let's enjoy what's left of our Monday night. We'll get this one out to the people listening on Tuesday. So if you're listening, like subscribe, whatever you rate it, do all that thing. Let people know if let us know if you're enjoying the content as we wrap things up and let us know what you want to hear about over these last few weeks of the Supercoach season before we take probably one week's break and then the preseason will start. It feels like Demo, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I sort of asked to be on because I hadn't been on Probably since before the buys, so you know, I thought it was my turn.
0: No, we love love to have you. I need someone to ask, otherwise Patch just comes on every week and we have to have a fight about Carlton and Essendon.
1: And we always know who wins that one.
0: Yeah, me, I edit the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Damo, thank you, mate. It's been a bloody pleasure.
1: See ya.